I just read your first line of the show notes, you jackass. Oh, thank you. Oh, wait, how is that a jackass? It's my first line. The, yeah. The very first. Yeah. How, how was that a jackass? You're a jackass because it took me way too long to go, what do you mean a one for one episode? <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, if you weren't out golfing all the time, you'd have no problems understanding this. See this right here? I do see Fuck that right you. there. <laughs> it's mine now. Okay, are we ready for this? Yeah, don't mind me. I'm just looking at your shit. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm done. Start up. What are you waiting for? Come on already. <laughs> Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt Olson, Danny Oakstead, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 141. Whoa, 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 whoa. 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 Where's whoa. the normal excitement here? Hello and welcome, there we Magic go. Folk, to episode 141 of This Week in MTG. Episode one for one, as the magic players would say, a one for one like a doom blade on a Sarah Angel. Or... Boo. Hey, Boo. hey, hey, hey! That's from the you're, Twitch. You're, Boo. Your dad puns are terrible. They're not dad puns. Boo. They are fucking accurate, and there are a bunch of other magic podcasters that do stuff like this. Boo hiss. They do it Boo so much better. I thought it was good. Boo and hiss. I'll doom blade all your Sarah <laughs> Angels. Boo and hiss. Go on with the rest of the notes. Jeez, uh, we're your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering and bad puns, I guess. We threw him off his game. Threw me off my game, you sons Mission of bitches. accomplished. We're your hosts. I, I won the bet this time. You we're, did. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. Are you? Are you sure? Yes. I thought you were Garrett. Uh, oh, 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 no, oh, we're not doing this again. No, <laughs> we're not fucking doing this again. God damn it. Just stick to your regular names. <laughs> Come on, Matt. They're... Shut up, Danny. I'm not Danny. Actually, I would be. You would you're be Danny this kid. <laughs> ah, sucker. So that's Danny. What's up? So I'm Garrett. Yes, you are. And I'm Matt. And that's Matt. <laughs> Sounds about right. We're we're all here. We're all lubricated up. We did a special open flippy that drinky for Danny's birthday because now he is an old man. <clears throat> yeah. Always been an old man. You know, I can get you one of those, like, I, I'd love to go to the Over the Hill section at, like, Party City and just, like, pick you up a bunch of shit for next year because you're totally going to be Over the Hill. Fun fact, I don't know, I don't think anybody knew this, but in fifth grade, my mom made a cake for our fifth grade teacher because she's friends with uh, with her, and it was a Grim Reaper because my fifth grade teacher was turning 50, and it was an Over the Hill cake yep. at 50, and brought it to school on her birthday for all of us to have and it was funny because my mom came in with a grim reaper cake for my te- fifth grade teacher <laughs> well fun fact did i tell you guys this at my new school i get to teach with my sixth grade teacher no yeah wait wait the the only thing i remember you mentioning was that they were in administrative so i thought no so that's that's like one of my high school teachers my homeroom teacher is my my head principal and I was, when I went in to drop off stuff, I was helping out the other teachers um, that I'll be teaching with. 
and we ended up going to the mailroom. So naturally, I look at all the names because I'm from that area, and I go, "Well, how many of these names do I? Re- oh, I recognize that one. He's still here." Ended up seeing him just a little bit later at a retirement party. He goes, "Yeah, I'll be there for a while more." So. We're going to sit and shenanigans will happen the whole time. I look forward to hearing about them on the podcast. There we go. But we're not about this week in school, high school updates and stuff like that. Uh, Excuse me, sir. Middle school. Middle school updates. Thank you. We're a news podcast for the famous game Magic the Gathering made by Wizards of the Coast, owned by Hasbro. So before we start this podcast off, we got some business that we got to take care of. Do we? We got to thank some people, thank say some things, let Matt talk for a half hour. All the usual shenanigans. Well, wait a minute. If if I'm Matt, do I take over this part? Yes, you yes. do. Okay, sir. Oh, this oh, is are we gonna switch this up completely? This is amazing. I'm just gonna sit back and drink beer. Hold should, on. should we? Should we actually switch it up? You do. Yeah, the... you're Matt. Let's go. Okay, cool. Well, you know what? Let's begin our episode by oh, thanking you. This means I gotta do the boggle desk. <laughs> Oh, he sucks to suck, I guess. Prepared for this. For first off, those of you who are listening to the podcast, whether it's live or whether it is on the recorded version that will get released later this week, thank you for being crazy motherfuckers and taking your time and listening to us. And a huge thank you to our Patreons that support our content and decide we're going to give money to these crazy motherfuckers and see what it's all about. Remember, if you join our Patreon, we have a couple different tiers. We have the $3 tier that gets you entered in for one of two packs that I believe next month we will be doing. We'll be doing, we'll be doing Boulder's Gate. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. All right. Cool. Perfect. Thanks. Thanks, Garrett. You're welcome, Matt. <laughs> and for our $10 tier, you get put into a drawing for a Commander staple card that is valued between $15 and $20. And luckily, Garrett just did a secret... <laughs> Patreons only. My first one ever. (laughs) By myself. Where we do our drawings to figure out who gets these wonderful prizes. Hey, Garrett, who won those prizes? So, we had the amazing Barra, who won one of the packs. We had Slade, Fargo native, who also won another pack. We had Chapman win the card, which this time was an Otawara Soaring Sky uh, borderless version of it. And probably some other stuff as well. Then Matt or Garrett's I Garrett's decided to randomly put another third pack in there because we were from my from, collection. From my, this being Matt, yeah, from from Matt's collection, <laughs> and there's a third booster pack given away that was won by No Modifier. Who's gonna get confused by this switching of things first? Our listeners or Matt? I'm not drunk by Matt, I mean shit. Garrett. Yes. What? Garrett did the recording. Okay, cool. Well, you know what? Speaking of our wonderful patrons, and we've already listed a few, let's thank them individually now. Wade97, uh, Chapman, Amu the Fox, Colin, Noah, Slade, Third String Chapman, Nikki, No Modifier, Steve, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, and Chimera. And if you too want to be a crazy motherfucker and support us, make sure to check out our Patreon, where, again, I've already talked about our wonderful, wonderful tiers. But you know what? We've got a few other ways you can support us, too. We've got these awesome playmats that you can buy from us for 20 whole dollars. And we'll send them to you anywhere. We've sent them to Canada. We've sent them to California. We've even sent them to Germany. How do they get these? Oh, well, they reach out to Garrett or Matt or or Danny, even. <laughs> 
and say, yo, I want one of them sweet play mats. Can you send it to me? Here is $20. And if there is excruciating shipping costs, Garrett will work those prices out with you. And by Garrett, I mean Matt. You mean Garrett still. I don't know. Anyway. (laughs) But that is not the only place to get our wonderful play mats. If you happen to be in the FM area and want to stop by our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs, they have them there for sale as well. The unfortunate thing there is you've got to pay the tax, but the benefit is you don't have to deal with us. So Yeah, because dealing with uh, Matt over there is a pain in the ass, let me tell you what. It's a little bit better than dealing with Garrett over there. Uh, potato, tomato. At least you're mad golfs. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Hold on, Danny. But you know what? Garrett, hold your tongue. Hold your tongue, sir. Okay, Matt. This is the point where we're going to have a wonderful ad read from our sponsors, <clears throat> J-Dubs. You got to say now. Now. Sorry. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. All right, before we get into this episode, let's get to the breakdown where we're going to go over to the Boggle Desk with Garrett over there, where he will talk about some past event results, some upcoming events, and then we've got a blog talk from Danny over there because he hasn't switched names. <laughs> I don't have split personalities. Hey, leave us alone. And by that, I mean the people sitting on this side of the table. <laughs> And then we're going to get into the news where we'll talk about some of the happenings that are going on here in the Magic community. We're going to do some weekly finance updates with our wonderful Conjured Currency section. And then, if we have some time, I believe Garrett said he's got a wonderful history lesson for us in our ThoughtCast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you stick around long enough, there's probably some shenanigans at the end of the episode when we do the ending and we get Garrett off track and see how far we can get this episode. So, let's head on over to the Boggle Desk with Garrett. Uh, we're not talking about it. It's, what the fuck? It's the JB Salt Report. This is super nice because now I get to talk about a salt and sugar report. First off, played some Magic on Thursday. Went over to J-Dubs, played some EDH. Got to play with a new guy. That was playing Scarab God with a bunch of counter spells. Uh, first game that I had, I was playing my zombies, uh, Varina deck. As astute listeners know, that I have a Varina deck that I love and cherish very dearly because it's a badass deck. I was getting pwned on significantly at this point to where I only had one out, and it was to cast uh, Damn on the whole table, remove the creatures, hopefully by myself like two to three turns after that wiping out the creatures there 
And the Scarab God player decided to counter that, as when we had an Enchantress player coming up after me who... No, 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 they weren't playing Enchantress. What were they playing? Ah, uh, they were another graveyard deck. Why am I drawing a blank? They were playing Mono Black. They were playing Mono Black, the horsemanship one, where you sack and return a card from your graveyard. And on that turn, they exsanguinated me to death. I was at like oh, four nice. life. At four life at the end, I did my best. I wasn't super upset that the guy countered my my dam because I overloaded it to, to wipe the board, give myself some chance because I can't remember the born state of the mono black, black player, but it was to the point where it's like, if I don't board wipe, this is going to be good. The Scarab God player, they this was their third time casting Scarab God and their reasoning behind countering my dam was because they didn't want to pay the extra commander tax because they just cast it that turn. I'm like, bud, I need to live. I'm so sorry. I got to do this. And if he, if he held that counter up, he held, if if I would have board wiped, board wipe would have landed. He held that counter up. It would have stopped that big sanguinate because the mono black player had both the uh, the basic cabal coffer land. You pay three, add black to your mana pool equal to the number of basic swamps that you control. Yep. And had cabal coffers and had a black market that paid for both of those. So he got like fifteen mana <laughs> on main phase. One. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. Just beautiful. So. Uh, I got uh, Dink Slammed pretty hard there. Very enjoyable games. Second game, played against a very interesting um, the Magecraft uh, the Red Dwarf? New the uh, legendary that has is the MDFC with the backside on the land where you put lands into play and the front side is Magecraft uh, when you cast an Isidore Sorcerer copy, you... The Simic one, right? Yeah, it's the Simic one. Do you... Juicy, Jay Z, not Jay Z, <laughs> but it like the Magecraft. You cast a non-creature spell. You look at the top card of your library, and you may pay one instead of paying its mana cost. And it's kind of like a weird storm style deck. And they chained off super hardcore. That game, I was playing my Naya Hugs deck that really accelerated them because they needed a lot of basic lands and playing to start doing their shit. And it was great. Uh, so at that at that time, it was um, they were playing that. Uh, the Scarab God player was playing Edgar Markov. I was playing this uh, Naya Group Hug, which was super janky. I, I I brought back Veteran Explorer like three times, and everybody got six fucking lands. Um, and the Mono Black player was playing that. That's when they were playing Enchantress. No soul report there, but it was just interesting to see like the level of storm that this deck had. It's pretty intense. Fun fact is I'm trying... Uh, is this the one I found? Is this the right one? Yep. Is it uh, like five and a blue for a 3-3? Three, three? Jedzy. Jedzy. Um, Jedzy. But the fun fact is I was doing a live lookup. Look I just looked up Magecraft Simic Commander. Um, apparently they sell full decks, like fully constructed decks, uh, like someone built on Amazon. Really? A Jedzy decks? You know, I'm not surprised in the end because any retailer can start posting that kind of stuff up on Amazon. Yep. So uh, for the low price of, you know, $42.95, you can buy an Elite Simic Magecraft deck. Um, It's blue-green, very powerful, modern and pioneer legal, custom built. Wait, this is not a commander deck? No, it's a 60-card deck, and they don't even have a sideboard. Yeah, very elite, very powerful. <laughs> We're in on this. So there you go, fun fact of the day. Links not in the description down below. 
But uh, yeah, I guess that's like my salts and sugar. But, oh, little salty. Tried to play some magic the other night. Nobody was around. But plus side, I did get to talk to Christian, and it was great. We learned that in North Dakota, there's a county in North Dakota that bans Chow Chow's dogs because they're too vicious. Which county is this? Ray County. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> they got pit bulls, Doberman pincers, and Chow Chows. Ooh. The more you know. Well, I'm glad mine's an Australian Shepherd. Well, what do you got for uh, some dream hack results there, bud? Yeah, dream hack. So this was like one of the biggest uh, events. This was the RPTQ kind of thing that was going on for a lot of events. Uh, leading up to the Pro Tour coming next year. Uh, first big event for this. In Dallas, a lot of Magic players went there. It had 202 players in the Modern 5K, and it was won by four-color Yorion. And in this, this, Fuck is, Yorion. this is not the Elemental List. This is the Omnath, Icefang, Quaddle, Eternal Witness, where you will get... Uh, Oh, they don't have it. They don't have the multiple turn, the infinite turns with Eternal Witness and uh, Time Warp and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's 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 Blink style decks, just good value. Omnath make a bunch of lands, Endurance, Ice Fang, Solitude, and you're just attritioning your opponent out excessively. Uh, in the side, there's a single Emakrul, the Promised End, a couple more Endurances, Supreme Verdict veil of summers and stuff for that second place oh this is one by mason clark host of uh constructed god what's the podcast that he has uh money pile was like a deck that he's he's been playing a lot of and he's a host of a podcast that i am just drawing a big blank on but it's a good one i listen to it next place won by target player was a jund deck which is kind of like a walk back in time. It's a Jengatha the Wellspring deck with Tireless Tracker, Tarmogoyfs, Inquisitions, Colgan Commands, Lightning Bolts, Thought Seizes, and it has uh, Urza's Saga to pull out Shadow Spears, Pyrite Spell Bombs, Mishra's Bobbles, Nile Spell Bombs. It's just kind of like Jund added. It's not new Jund, uh, Boomer Jund. It's not Boomer Jund. It's kind of old Jund because you're getting Tireless Tracker and stuff back in there. But at the same time, I mean, it's you don't see any Liliana's in here. Ah, that throws me off a little bit, but hey, apparently it worked. You got second. Yep. There's or they got second. There is one hitted Sugu consumes all in the sideboard, one unlicensed unlicensed Hurst, which is a new card from Streets of New Capenna that a lot of Magic players are super hyped on as being a good graveyard removal card that they, that then can become a late game beater as soon as you start like exiling cards typically going for like the murktide matchups because you know murktides kind of thrive on having cards in their graveyard third place we had bring to scape shift done by oz romano and this is uh, a bring to light shape scape shift deck which surprisingly very interesting Omnath Locusts of Creation, uh, Dried of the Elysian Groves, Boreal Grazer. There's no prime times in this deck at all. Two tireless trackers in the sideboard. But their main goal is just to be dropping all these lands. There's t- 28 lands 
dropping them all, bring to light, bring out a Velky, worst case scenario, bring out uh, Omnath, make more mana, sack all your lands, scape shift away because there's Malakut the Milton Pinnacle. And that strategy just shows to be solid in, in, in modern still. Fourth place, we have Jund, but a different Jund. This is a Kroxa, Regavan, Season Pyromancer kind of build. Still has Inquisitions and Thought Seizes in the main board. This has your Lilianas. I know it does. I was I looked at this one. Comparatively, I'd be more along the lines of the fourth place build. Um, just with the Season Pyromancers, the Lilianas in there. Yeah. Oh, I like this build a lot better. That's just me, though. There are two Riveteers Charm in the main board of this deck, and that one, it uh, opponent sac- sacrifice a creature or Planeswalker they control with the highest mana value. Exile three cards from your library you may until your next end step. You may play those cards, and it also has Exile Target Player's Graveyard. It's very nice. It's a very versatile card, and I know Jund players, when this first got shown, were like, does this Jund? Chef's kiss. I think Matt agrees that it does Jund. Yeah, it's definitely not Boomer Jun, but it's along the lines of it. Or not not even really along the lines of it, because it doesn't have Blood Braids in it. So, I mean, a new version of Zoomer Jun, except for it's not Zoom. It's, I, I don't know. This deck was New pi- style. This deck was piloted by Christopher Connett. Next, we have a Yogmoth deck in fifth place. And... There's not much of a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not much new stuff that's been added to it. it you know, you're doing your Strangleroot Geists into Jorolf's Messenger to just kind of like Court of Calling Eldritch Evolution into a chain of creatures kind of birthing pod-esque and stuff like that. That took fifth, uh, fifth place by Robert Wagner Krenkel and David Wetknight also in... Uh, sixth place with it, and the deck is holy shit. Is the deck a, a one almost a one for one match? There's a Hapatra Vizier of Poisons in David Wet Knight's version. Seventh place we have Hammer Time, uh, the blue variant that has Reality Chip and Spell Pierce in the main board. Otherwise, it does what the typical hammer time decks do, where you have Esper Sentinel, Stoneforge Mystics, dropping down a hammer. Uh, Colossus Hammer and stuff, and then you're just beating ass. Is there... Yes, there are three Ink Moth Nexus in here, so you can win with Infect Kills. Yeah. Eighth place. You like to see it. I like to see it. Because deep down, I'm a, I'm a Mill fanboy, but we have Demir Shut Mill. Shut up, Garrett. Nobody likes Mill. Piloted by Brandon Lozer. Uh, Travis Brown had hat Hammer Time there. Uh, but Brandon, in Blue Black Mill... I don't know, pretty stock list. Surgical yeah. Extraction, Tasha City, Slaver, uh, Laughter, Visions Beyond, Fractured Sanity. All the stuff that you would typically see in a mill deck. And I'm looking even in the sideboard, it's like nothing out of the ordinary. No new cards. The only thing I can think of is like the fact that they got four Moment of Cravings to go against like the aggro decks uh, to be able to kill a Regavan gain two life and stuff like that. But there, there's your top eight for DreamHack Modern. Links into below for the full uh, deck lists and stuff. Now, in the upcoming events, it's kind of like a general upcoming event that we just want to highlight here. We have the launch party of Commander Legends Boulder Battle for Boulder's Gate happening 
June 10th through June 12th at whatever LGS that is near you. That's WPM, uh, WPN. So this weekend, you just go to your LGS, pick up uh, event packs, or you can just play in Commander Legends Battle for Baldur Gate launch party. Hell yeah. Opening weekend is all about celebrating limited play with the option of draft or steal. This is a great opportunity for players who look forward to the excitement of checking out new cards and playing without being required to bring their own deck. For launch parties, uh, WPN stores can host whichever sealed events that work best for their community. We suggest using leftover pre-release packs, kicking off your sealed league, and or hosting low-cost 4-pack 30-card sealed events. That's what we got. I believe we're on to Danny with the blog talk. And a quick BRR after as well. God, Garrett took fucking forever. I know, he talks for a fucking, Jesus, long-winded guy over here. So. I like to talk. Let me tell you about some golfing issues. Fuck off. <laughs> so, this week's blog talk comes from MJ Wabado, or Wadby. It's M-J-A-W-A-D-B. No idea how to say that. Um, but anyways, they asked, or stated, We fought hard for years for Kamigama to come back, and boy, did it come back. It's time to tear down the Rabbi scale and rename it to the Portal 3 Kingdom scale. Bring back a Rabbi. Mark replies back, I think there's a decent chance we'd, go, we'd do a Persian-slash-Arab-inspired world. Would people prefer that it be called Rabbi or have a new name? Ooh, that's exciting to hear. So, slight hints of possible portal-ish planes i don't think they'll ever go back to portal 3 no but it'll be kind of like in in the flavor of that like they're mentioned it's like a a persian or an arabian inspired world which would be pretty dope aladdin i'd be on that but then again the portals 3 was aladdin because uh wasn't the genie one mtg socks last week i thought i saw the genie one that's the white with the blue genie and a hostage on his carpet. I can't remember the, t- the name of it. I just saw it the other day. I thought that was on the MTG socks. I don't think last week it was. I don't think that was last week. I think it might have been a couple weeks ago. An Arabian's night card? Pretty sure it was Arabian's. Maybe it was this week's. Maybe I'm no, telling the future. It wasn't this week's. So I can tell you that much. Because before I saw it somewhere. I don't know where it was. Oh, and like the cheap pickups? Maybe. She pickups I can't remember off the top of my head very well compared to like uh, the the weekly winners. No, last week was all newer cards. But anyways, yeah. I, I well, then what Portals Three was all reserved, mostly. Uh, not not all the cards on Portal is. Res- I don't think any cards are on reserve list for Portal Three Kingdoms, and Portal Three Kingdoms has like you know Portal Two and Portal that all have different printings and. Uh, God. I know that there's a bit of history behind it, and I'm not well-versed in it enough to... How dare you, sir? I'm sorry. How dare you not know my blog blogatogs and have some information behind them? Damn it, Garrett. Get on the game. Come on. Calm. You're not working. Come on. Calm down, Matt. <laughs> Danny. All right, well, Danny, hit us with that B&R. <laughs> so we had some B&R talk. Um, recently for dual commanders. Um, so we got to refresh you on some of the different magic formats other than modern EDH and Alchemy standard 2.0 or apology of standard play. Anyway, dual ma- dual commander, a format for just 1v1 commander games, posted their May update article last week 
in which Sorike Sorikai Genesis Engine gets banned as a commander only and Bazaar of Baghdad, Ragavan, Nimble, Pilfer, and Sierra Sanctum are all banned in the format. For Sorakai, the reason for its banning as a commander is that ha- is that having a versatile tool that gives board control, card advantage, and a game closer all in the command zone is a little too much for the format, and thus they banned it only as a commander. Bizarre, Baghdad got the axe due to the quote, such a card now belongs to museums more than playing tables, end quote. They just wanted to head this card off at the pass and let it remain in annals of history. Annals. Annals of history. Sure, Matt. Annals <clears throat> of history. Ragavan is busted, so do I need to say more? Preach it. As for Sierra's <laughs> Sanctum, with the printing of more powerful enchantments in the recent months, the dual commander rules board just wanted to stop those styles of decks from getting too crazy. End of our little BNR. Unless Garrett has a comment, like it looks like he does. Oh shit, that's me. Um, <laughs> check the uh, check the links for the full reasoning wow. and stuff behind it. You forgot who you are, man. How much? How drunk are you? Apparently not enough. Well, thank you, Danny. No and problem. First up on the news. Hey, you get to go again. Yay! I do. I see that. So, starting off with news topics, we go to the 2022 starter decks. Kind of a last minute reveal for a bit of news, but on the second over on weekly MTG. And on the Mothership, Watsi announced the next iteration of Magic the Gathering 2022 starter kit. This kit has two 60-card starter decks. One is white-blue, and the other is green-red. One player guard book, two deck boxes, and two codes for unlocking the decks on Arena. All the cards in these decks are from the current standard, and a few of the notable reprints are Welcoming Vampire, Glorious Sunrise, Extraction Specialist, and Hull Breacher Horror. Fuck that card. Um, link to the full deck list below, or deck lists below in the show notes. Wait, oh, Garrett, forget the S. Psh. 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 God. If I was doing these shows, you had this one job, Garrett. Garrett. One job. Uh, I tried base. It's all what? right. You went in Manolman. I did. <laughs> all right, so- or should I say West Fargo? Seriously, by the end of this episode, the <laughs> people who aren't listening live to see the shenanigans are going to go, what the fuck is going on? Why is Danny calling Garrett Matt and Matt Garrett? Or to the new people that are going to get confused in future episodes. <laughs> There's that too. Where it's like, wait, I thought that was Garrett. So we're going to switch names from now on every oh, episode. Did you not, we're did just going to draw straws. Did you not see my uh, comment in the Discord? No. Next week, it's all you, but you got to do different voices for each part. Oh, boy. And you won't have a second window open with Twitch. I I, I, I will be drunk. I'm going to have 14 windows open, so there's complete echoes everywhere. Well, should it be like he, it, he would really be talking to himself then? He'd answer himself yes. and then answer himself again. In a different voice. It'd be three hours long just because, just to get through have fun listening the boggle desk. Hey, man, that's a Matt issue of editing. You're right. That is a Matt issue of editing. <laughs> Luckily, my time as Matt stops when the recording is done. Hold on now. Hold on now. I think we're going to have to have a discussion about this. Hey, you have so anyways, a- hey, Matt, you, you're up next. Yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you do some updates on those Oracle Matt, rules? Matt, what are you talking about? 
No, it's it's actual Matt. No, like Matt, what what are you talking about? There, there's God, Matt, you just can't do this right, can you? Come on, Garrett, let's go. <laughs> okay, so as always, when there's a new set release, we're going to be getting updates on Oracle and comprehensive rule changes. I'm going to jump over to the Oracle changes first because there are a few... Uh, word cleanups in some of the new cards coming out in Commander Legends Battle for Boulder's Gate. Words are hard. First up, we have Zevlor Elturl Exile, which is Grixis 1-4-2 Tiefling Warrior, uh, legendary creature. It is quoted here, Zel- Zevlor's ability was inadvertently printed without the word only, which made the single target requirements read very oddly. This has been added in the Oracle text card reference. So old card is not the same, and they're they're putting only in the new text. So it now reads for two tap. When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell that targets only a single opponent or a single permanent opponent controls this turn for each other opponent, choose that player or a permanent they control. Copy that spell and copy that spell and copy the targets that the chosen player or permanents. So that's been updated. Uh, Nira Wild Mage, which is red blue four for a two seven legendary human elf shaman. Wow, that's an elf. God damn. So uh, the text on it wasn't quite clear of what happens when the non-land cards reveal. If you choose not to cast it, the text has received an update to clarify that it goes to the bottom of your library. So before it did not say that, and now it says it goes to the bottom of your library. Oof, this one's going to be a hard one. Dynahir, Dynahir, Invoker Adept. Jeskai 1, 4, 4, Human Wizard Haste. Uh, the ability that has an ability once activated will copy the next ability you activate if you spent at least 4 mana to activate it. However, the card was printed without the words that are normal on this kind of ability that stop mana abilities from causing to trigger without those words activating a mana ability by spending four or more mana does cause it to trigger but contrary to what you might expect that mana ability isn't copied and the triggered ability resolves so what they did now is they just cleaned it up so that way you can't like go infinite on making a crap ton of mana with this by having new updated text that reads you may activate abilities of other creatures you control as though they uh, as though those creatures had haste and it has tap when you when you next activate an ability that isn't a mana ability this turn by spending four or more mana to activate it copy that spell you may choose new targets for the copy that's kind of a big one that uh, to those that want to play this dinahir dinahair 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 let's go dinahair dinahair invoker adept you're gonna want to be careful of that mana abilities do not work the way that they look on the card i imagine a second wave of printing of cards are gonna have the updated text like they typically do but the first wave are gonna have this old text not confirmed uh but that is the thing where the successive waves of printings do have the updated oracle text a couple comprehensive rules that have been added so they have added taking the initiative venturing into the undercity choosing backgrounds and how that all works they go really into depth in their article talking about that there's other some cards from streets of new capenna uh henzi toolbox tour 
there was some confusion on how that spell became uh, how, how the blitz stuff comes to the battlefield and having blitz. So there's clarifications and stuff with that. I highly recommend that you check out the articles linked in the show notes down below for full comprehensive rule updates. But we figured with the Oracle updates, those are probably a little more important for people that want to start building decks with those cards. Hell yeah. All right. So for those of you that pay attention to the judge promos that come out, maybe you are a judge. Maybe you're looking to become a judge or maybe you end up buying them secondhand. You got three new cards coming. So we've got Training Grounds coming and that is by caroline gariba gariba sure sure all right growing rights of it itlamok and itlamok cradle of the sun by ditmary burak dimitri Demi- is it dimitri dimitri there's no e in there though yeah. uh maybe it's a typo on them but that looks like close to dimitri I'm well it's just part. it's throwing me off because every spelling of dimitri i've seen has at least an e or an i in between the d and the m this is posted on Twitter. Let's just assume that there was a, a typo typing it up. Or it could just be a different spelling. Yeah, and, yeah it'd probably be Dimitri. Anyway, um, and then Smothering Tide by Aurore Fulney. So honestly, like, so I have my training grounds. The new training ground art looks fucking sick. That's what Danny was saying before Oh, my episode. God. So uh, do some podcast description there, Matt. Here we go. Some we'll so some podcast description. It's very fitting. Seems. It's very fitting that we just opened some Neon Dynasty because it seems like it's a little bit in the vein of Neon Dynasty that came out. You've got two ninja samurais. Uh, we'll go with either or because moon folk. They look like Sorry. moon folk. Okay, fine. Moon. I was more going by their dress, not by their right. Right. They're ninja samurai, features. but their like creature type is definitely okay. moon folk. If you look. So at you that. got two moon folk training in a dojo, and you've got the big. Big old window in the back, and you've got one just like has its good guard going up, and then the other one's doing either a flip or hovering in the air upside down. Um, but they're sort of about to strike, so it's really cool. And then the growing rights side of it is uh, honestly, for me, this is very reminiscent of the Double Masters um, Parallel Lives, not, not Parallel, parallel Lives, lives. Uh, um, Doubling Season. Th- yep, Doubling Season. Where it's got a series of eggs, and one of them is opening up to a dinosaur, a little baby dino. Look at that vicious yellow eye. It's a Sith. <sighs> anyway, so deep, deep, the, deep cut for your Star Wars nerds out there. Damn straight. And then the Itlamok Cradle of Sun art is a bunch of those baby dinosaurs running through a forest, a jungle, actually, a jungle, because it looks more like a jungle. I'm going to say the, uh, the the egg in the first one is uh, the first running dinosaur. Oh, here. yeah, definitely. It's and the biggest one. I, I think his name is Charles. We're going Charles? Charles. Do we call him Charlie? I think he'd be Charlie. Nah, he's not a Charlie. All right. He's anyway. totally a Charlie. He looks like an elegant dinosaur. Anyway, next up, the Smothering Tide art is, honestly, it's... <laughs> It, to me, is what looks like uh, if Scrooge McDuck didn't get from the top of his gold pile. Because <laughs> it's just one hand sticking out of a bunch of gold. And there's a big wave in the background of gold coins. Um, but, I mean, this one looks good. This one looks really cool, too. I dig it. I always dig the Judge promo arts. I wish I would hurry up and just finish up getting Judge stuff started and completed. Notice the started and completed. Yes. I haven't even started yet. 
like for you to become a judge? Yeah, just wanted. I feel like it would help me a lot with like understanding the game a little bit better and interactions. So that way, you know, not questioning like we talked about last week, where it's you know, you know, the pithing needle type of thing when it came to heritage druid. Being able to understand that a little bit better, I feel would be really nice. But then you know, the added perk of these sweet, sweet judge promos. They do look very beautiful. Yeah. I really want to get that Nikki B. That Ooh, the, yeah. the Ravager. That would be really cool. That one looks hella sweet. Yes, it does. Um, but yeah, so that is what we've got for the news for you. Oh, hold on. Oh, wait. When it comes to the Scrooge McDuck thing, did you ever watch the college humor where if it was actually what would happen if Scrooge McDuck would dive into oh, there? Oh, God, no. It was hilarious. So watch it. I'm just going to tell you he jumps in and breaks his neck. <laughs> And then it goes on a whole series of other things that, nope. and it does Ducktales, a woohoo, and all in the song of where he he he, he he's uh, paraplegic and shit like that. It's hilarious. I honestly am not surprised. Get off the dark web, Garrett. It's not even the dark web. Dark That's college web. humor. It's good shit, Danny. Stop. College humor was dark web it's back then. Was it back then? It was. No, it wasn't. You are an old man. Yes, I am. It was. That's never why you play the dark golf. web. I'm also sheltered. It was mom. never the dark It's web. true. He is sheltered. He did not see llamas with hats until just this last year. No. No, I've seen llamas with hats in college. You, you, we watched the whole thing here. Yeah, because they, they created more. Carl. I, I, have, I hadn't seen the entire series because they only had up the episode four last time I saw. You don't eat people, Carl. Where are all the life bolts, Carl? Oh, let's see. Based off the trajectory of the moon and the fact that I put a bunch of holes in the bottom, see. <laughs> you haven't watched Llamas with Hats. It is a fucking trippy fucking show. Uh, se- web oh, series. Jesus. Love it so much. Danny? You're welcome. <laughs> oh, should, should we watch it again after this? No. <laughs> well, let's jump into the conjured currency section where we cover the finances of notable cards and their price trends. The main resource we like to use is the amazing site, MTG Stocks, who comes out with a weekly winner's article that we go over three to five cards of note that are moving up in price and three to five cards that are moving down in price. The weekly winner's article drops on Friday and we record on a Monday. So if there's price differences from then to now, we will let you know. So let's get into it just as I click on the link. All right. So first up on the weekly winner's we have Reckless Rage, a one-cost, uncommon, out of Rivals of Ixalan. There we go. It is an instant that reads Reckless da- Rage deals four damage to target creature you don't control and two damage to target creature you do control. Now, this is something we've been talking about here on the podcast for a little while as to why this card has been going up. And right now, it is sitting, well, as of Friday... It was sitting at $4.94, and as of today, the market price is sitting at $3.72, and for our Euro listeners, it is sitting at $0.79. Cents. Hold on, hold on. Do you see that foil price there? I'm I gonna, did see the foil price TC- of 22 I'm going to TCG Player to foil, confirm Foil this price is 22 average price is three ninety six, and while Garrett is looking up Holy fuck. Is it actually still sitting there? You got a lot of people online. Like, the cheapest foil that someone is selling on TCG players, Panchero Xavier TCG for 15 bucks. Uh, Blighted Bolt Games going for 18 Mustache MTG, $20. HB Global for 20 
Common Core 24, the gaming, oh, the gaming company. That's the big one. That's the big one. They are selling lightly played foils for $24, the gaming company. Jesus. We got to get uh, Chris Martin back on. I think, we do. I think I cut that part of the episode where he was talking about like gaming company. If he okay. wants to talk about gaming company more. But, so this is one of the things we've been talking about of why some of these cards on this week might be going up, and that is Pioneer right now. So this is a pretty big card in Pioneer, and this can be in the Boros Aggro, but it's also being seen play in the Is It style decks. So, like we said, you can deal four damage to a creature you don't control and two damage to a creature you do control, which really doesn't matter most of the time. It can even be an advantage. All right, so this can so dealing the four damage to a creature you don't control and dealing the two damage to a creature you do control could be an could be an advantage. For instance, with Favored Hope Light which is a, a one-cost card out of uh, Born of the Gods. There we go. Whenever you cast a spell that targets it, put a plus one, plus one counter on it, and it is a one-two. And if there would be damage dealt to it, prevent that damage this turn. And then you get to target your own Monastery Swift Spear, and it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn because of the prowess, and the damage won't kill it. And you get to swing for an extra point of damage. And the interaction is not new, but it already did see some play in Feathered the Redeemed decks that when it was legal and standard, and it won't surprise you for you to find out that Reckless Rage and Commander decks around Feather as well. As well as... Why is it not pulling up a card? Gosh, Garrett, your internet is slow. Wait, which one are you? Well, I'm trying to pull up the latest card it's talking about because I don't recognize it. The uh, But Zolto, Zolto Fire, Fire Giant, Giant Duke decks. And Pioneer, more important than ever, and the addition of Explorer on Arena, we know that Pioneer will become the come to that platform at some point. So keep in mind, if you want to qualify for the Pro Tour, you can always do so by winning a Pioneer Region Championship. And the first Pro Tour itself will also revolve around the Pioneer format. And it does have a, an example deck list of a Boros Feather deck for Pioneer in that article as well. Now, number two on the list, and this is is Rendering Volley, which is currently sitting at $2.29. And as of whenever, because the internet's running slow. So that was as of Friday. That's running slow on your end, too. All right, so as soon as we can, we will... Holy shit. Okay, so we will give you a live update to that price a little bit later, but a little bit of what the card does it cannot be countered by spells or abilities. It's an instant spell, again, for one red. Deals four damage to target white or blue creatures. So this would definitely be a good card for sideboards for sure. But again, this is a Pioneer card. And this is a Dragons of Tarkir. So if you've got that bulk, be sure to be looking through your stuff. And for, like I said, for one red, you can deal four damage at instant speed to a white or a blue creature. The spell does not get countered, so going up against blue decks, that's very beneficial for you. So you can immediately understand why this is a sideboard card for sure. And it's very dependent on the matchups, and it's indexed with Ledger Shredder, and it's very popular, so that way it's extra firepower to get rid of creatures that are in these deck packs. And these decks even sideboard the card themselves for the mirror. And then it also has, it's competing with cards like Frey for the slot of the, which is extra, or an extra mana, but can also hit Planeswalkers. 
but it seems like rendering volley is the card of choice currently. And again, we have a an example list out of Pioneer for you. Both these guys I want to quickly mention here. Reckless Rage. Yes, it does take out Ledger Shredder, which is a super important card that you see in the Pioneer format. But remember, Wynota is still a card that has four toughness that is a single red can take that out. So prowess decks that uh, fold is a strong word, but like get overwhelmed really quickly by what Wynota does would be typically running uh, rendering volley as we saw on sideboards in previous weeks that we've talked about and stuff. So it's like, it's, it's, it's not, no surprise. We, we talked about this the other week. So rending volley, since I'm on my phone, you guys are on your computers, uh, is currently sitting at eight, uh, $2 and 80 cents market with an average of two fifty seven, and foils 18 or just under $18 at seventeen ninety nine. Damn. Europe is sitting at 42 euros. Well, shit. Well, let's get on to or the third. 0.42 euros, third. not 42 cents. Cents, remember. Cents, cents. I suppose. Yeah, 42. For the euro market. Yep. All right, so the writer of the article was really surprised to see this as a $36 card already. It is the split spell, crime, and punishment. And when you cast it, you may choose which side you cast. You can see this card show up three times in sideboard decks that can reliably cast it. All right, and because of its flexibility, it is a powerhouse against certain decks, and I will read what the card does here in just a second, if I can turn my head, because I don't know if the internet's working much yet. Yep, I'm going to have to turn my head. All right. So, when you can cast the punishment side so you can clear up an Urza Saga tokens and the rest of the board, which usually is artifacts, and even Urza Saga itself. With crime, you can grab a creature or an enchantment from your opponent's graveyard. Because of this versatility and its power against certain modern decks, you can see people trying to get their hands on copies. We see this card show up, for instance, in a Yawgmoth deck and a Calibrated Blast modern deck. Now I'm going to turn my computer so I can read these. As it flips. Nope, my computer (laughs) doesn't. My phone would. All right, so the crime side is three colorless, a white and a black Sorcery speed for both of them. Put target creature or enchantment card in your opponent's graveyard into play under your control. And then the punishment side is a green and a black plus X. Destroy each artifact, creature, and enchantment with converted mana cost X. So, like it said, you can pay two, two for this and you can destroy any zero cost enchantments, artifacts. Treasures, foods. Treasures, creatures... Uh, current trucks. Yep. All that shit. Anything and everything. And they've got an example here for a calibrated blast modern list for you. But, Garrett, those are our weekly winners. You got some cheap pickups for us, my man. I do. First up in the cheap pickups, we have Sokinzen Crucible of Defiance, which was printed in Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. It is the red. Uh, channel land where you pay its channel cost and you make two one one spirit creature tokens with haste this one was found on the mtg premium penny stocks and has bottomed out and is starting to move up at two dollars and 36 cents i know uh we, we mentioned a lot chris martin is like a finance guru and stuff and he's talked about sokinson being a very solid card for pickup and stuff so yep. now might be the time to be jumping in on this 
Next up, we have Vidalcan Shackles, a card that I like a lot. It is a three-mana artifact, and you may choose to not untap it during your untap step, and you can pay two, tap, king control of target creature with power less than or equal to the number of islands you control for as long as the Vidalcan Shackles remains tapped. This card is from the Modern Masters uh, printing of it, and it is at $7.90, and it is trending down. Next up, we have Noble Hierarch, Modern staple card for a bunch of different style decks in fact in particular it is a uh, it has dropped down to about 14 bucks and it is still slowly going down this is exalted and you can tap to add bant to your mana pool now matt let me know if i wanted to pick up some of these stuff a little cheaper is there any way that i could do this oh Garrett, it's funny that you speak of this such thing. If you're looking to pick up some cards on the cheap, or you're looking to figure out when to sell those high-priced cards, or maybe those secret value cards that are sitting in your bulk collection, luckily for you, we've got a resource called TCG Sniper, where when you sign up, as long as you mention the guys at This Week in MTG sent you, they'll give you three months of their premium, or sorry, their plus membership, which with their plus membership, you get to put 50 products I say products for a specific reason because, oh, yes, you can even put sealed product can on I, your list. Can I put fat packs on there? You mean bundles? Can I put booster boxes on there? You can put booster boxes. You can put commander decks. You can probably even squeeze some of those Double Master VIP packs <laughs> on there. Pointing those out for a reason there, Matt. I am. I can't wait to crack those open because those are, in fact... Matt's packs that he will open this night and give them all to Matt. I will throw you to my knot. <laughs> <laughs> then I will just take them all. Uh, <laughs> Danny comes in like a little scavenging vulture, just like, Matt's taken care of. Garrett has thrown him. I am going to take these VIP packs myself. Mar. I'll let you two fight each other, then I'll just swoop in for the win. <laughs> swoop in. Oh. Emphasis on swoop. Day. Like you're a bird of some kind that scavenges. Albino black eagle. Anyway, if you don't happen to have their plus membership, I believe if I remember correctly, you put three products on for their basic package that you don't pay for, right? Was it three? I thought it was five. five. It could be five. It's five. five. It could be three. Five. It could be five. It's five. It's five. I was just testing you, Garrett, see if you remembered. I do remember. I may be old. I may play golf. But I do remember. But you know what? You've got a beautiful beard. Oh, thank you. And I've been trying to grow my hair out to be as luscious as yours was once upon a time. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if you want a rat nest and stuff up here. <laughs> Just keep it keep it like you do. But anyway, with this, whether it's the basic membership of getting five products or the plus membership of getting 50, you will get notifications to when those cards, those products hit a certain price whether you're looking to pick up on the cheap or you're looking to sell on the high, you will get a notification. I know uh, Garrett and I have you know, our fun story that we always like to refer to of a misconception from the store that was selling them, and it was a typo, but we were able to, in case it wasn't, jump on it really quick and just, so get, fast. just get a notification saying, sorry, guys, there was a confusion. This, these force of negations aren't $4. They are still 70 it, it, it's a testament to how fast you can actually snipe this stuff out. Because I know I know when I did it, I th I think I said I picked up 40 copies. 
And you, you picked up a, two play sets I or something like that? two play sets. So together between Matt and Garrett, there would have been 48 copies gone if this was a real thing. Yes. So, And it would have been very beneficial to us. But yeah, make sure you check out tcgsniper.com so that way you can make all these wonderful sound in, sound financial investments. There we go. Now, I believe we actually have enough time for our thoughtcast today. Dude, it's 8.30. 8.38. Look at your time. Yeah, I know. I was just rounding up. When you round, you go to the nearest 10. When it comes to time, you go, use, well, it's technically you go by the nearest quarter of an hour, which would have been 9 or 8.45. No, when you round, it's to the nearest 10. No matter what what unit of measurement you're using. No, time's always been quarter. You, no, it's always quarter. Technically speaking, if you want to go to the nearest quarter of an like hour. Like I said, you'd go up to 8.45. So then either way, you were wrong. Just to say you were wrong. But Danny. you know what? It's 8.30 somewhere. I'm going to beat the shit out of you because no, it wouldn't be 8.30 somewhere. All time zones run by different hours, not different minutes. Five o'clock somewhere. You, I'm gonna beat the shit. Why Calm he, down, man. Why did he run away? Who this the is his thought fuck cast. knows? Who the fuck knows? So, well, I was I was talking with Christian, you know, about how. Well, and I talked with you guys about this too while we're waiting. Oh, all right. So I was talking with Christian. I don't know for you because you're not much of a D and D guy either, are you? Eh, not really. How much of like Boulder's Gate are you looking to pick up? Like, are you? I know you're not much I of a byproduct kind of guy. No idea. Yeah. Like, I might eventually just buy a box just to buy a box, but yeah. to actually go through, I have no idea. Because nothing I'm looking for, truly looking for, is going to be any new sets. But you know, I was talking with Christian. It seems to be the D and D sets are the ones that I kind of go. I'm not gonna buy too much. Like I'm gonna get the commander decks because that's kind of been my thing now, where I buy the pre cons. Yep. And it, I for, and I might just for the fact that I enjoy cracking packs, I might, I might buy like a set booster. D and I'm not gonna buy too much of this one. The D and D sets are buy and hold on to. Yeah. So. And I'm not a person. I don't have room to buy and hold on to. We we're just talking about. Uh, um, how much a Boulder's Gate product you might buy? Uh, singles. You're doing singles? Not Mostly doing any singles. sealed product? Not really. I don't think I'm going to do a lot of sealed product. Like, there's a few cards that I'm really going to want to get. But, again, like as you were saying, like, Boulder's Gate, I don't know. It doesn't. It, this one doesn't really speak to me. Like, the, the, the borders, the, car, the, the if, cards are cool. Yeah. If, if they have, a like, a special die... And like one of the fat packs, yeah. I'll buy a fat pack. I always buy a fat pack. I, I, I'll put that yeah. there. Every set, I always buy a fat pack because I don't know, that's just one of those things. You get the cool yeah. box, you get the die, you get the cards. It's all good. Yeah, I'm going to have to try to hunt down a Neon Dynasty fat pack because I, that die was really cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I but yeah, so, so I might buy a set booster and I might just hold on to it. But like I was telling, I think you walked in at this point. My, my new thing has been buying the pre-cons because... Like especially, and I started doing this in Ikoria when they started releasing the free to cast if you have your commander cards. Yeah. Um, it was like, it's just, for me, it sounds like a good thing to hold on to, especially looking at some of the older pre-cons. And mind you, they fixed how they build the pre-cons now for the yeah. commander decks. But still, I mean, the Jeskai one from Ikoria is, you know, that's sitting at like, I think that one's up to about a hundred bucks selling right now. Yeah. Deflecting so, Squad or the Negation? Fierce one? Guardianship. Fierce Guardianship. 
Yep. And that and strictly because of Fierce Guardianship. Where yep, there's some other high value cards in there, but that one's sitting at what, forty five ish? Yeah, now? that's six percent of the deck yep. cost. Yeah. So, you know, it's just sitting there and so I just do it because then too, like, you know, again, it gets brought up. I do the thirty or the thirty three challenge. I mean, some of those I might if I've got duplicates. Probably well, just, it's something that you can piece out and actually yeah. build something else. Yeah. Or even just, hey, cool, look, most of my thought process is done. I can just do a budget upgrade. So, yep. Yeah, you, you have your skeleton. You can just put yep. some meat on so, it. But, yeah, um, Garrett, your your brief history lesson for our thought cast, for the viewers, the listeners. Do your quick history lesson So, here. So, for those who are listening, Garrett has a little bit of uh, history between Pokemon and Watsy from, was it 97, 98? 2003. There we go. <laughs> Here the rest of us are living in the 2000s. Met Danny's back in the 1990s. Okay, so this came to my attention from my brother-in-law just last night. So this is still a fresh topic in my mind. This was not something that I have researched uh, diligently enough, but he he brought it up to me because he's like, "Hey, you do you deal with magic? You like Pokemon? Here's an interesting thing that maybe you would like to talk about on your podcast." And I love Sam, and I want to bring this up for him uh, as well. I don't know if he listens. If he does, he probably doesn't. He he probably doesn't. Uh, the most uh, succinct version of this magic history I found was on a Kotaku article titled when pokemon and magic went to war so quick uh history here real quick before this stuff starts to go off uh quick background on this um magic was founded in 93 they've been making products for a long time pokemon was made as a card game in 1999 the first game was 93 was uh, red and blue and yellow. I think those were made in 93. It wasn't until 99 when the card game started to become a thing. And because of that, um, uh, so there's Pokemon and the Nintendo Company. The Nintendo Company is the head. They have the branch of Nintendo, which is Pokemon. And Pokemon wanted to make a card game. And Pokemon looked at what Wizards of the Coast was doing, which was bought by Hasbro at this time. Hasbro bought... Wizards of the Coast in 96 or 97. Before. I think it was 97. I remember listening to one of the um, Drive to Work episodes where he talked about that. Yeah, okay. So it was one of those one of those years when Hasbro bought before they were independent and stuff. But in between that time and when Hasbro picked them up, they were making a really good product. People, they showed that their quality of card was uh, legitimate. And Nintendo noticed that and had their pokemon branch reach out to start collaborating with them to work on making pokemon cards so that's kind of like a little bit of the history on that aspect that front of it so in this article it talks about the story begins late 1990s the role-playing giants wizards of the coast acquired the rights to the japanese sensation pokemon in the west so uh, and i guess this is another thing to mention here there's separate divisions of pokemon where the Japanese cards were getting printed on their own schedule separate of the West. So Japan and Asia, all those were getting cards at a separate uh, earlier time than what the West, Europe, and Americas and stuff were getting at that point. Uh, with the experience in the field, thanks to Magic the Gathering, which was first released in 1993, Wizards of the Coast was a natural choice for the license. 
Uh, I'm reading the article for verbatim. I highly recommend y'all check this out. This is intense shit here. It was thought at the time, upon release in January of 1999, the cards would hit, would be a hit for the company. Yet, few could have predicted how big the hit they turned to be over. Over 400,000 packs of Pokemon cards were sold in just the property's first six weeks of sales in the United States, which was 10 times what Wizards has been expecting. So great was the demand, in fact, in order to print enough of the packs to satisfy demand, some lines of sporting cards had to be shut down in 1999 just to satisfy the demand of Pokemon cards. By the end of the year, over 1 million packs of Pokemon cards had been sold, making it one of the largest childhood crazes in living memory. But then, the gravy train couldn't last forever. By 2003, Nintendo's own internal organization tasked with managing the franchise, the Pokemon Company, had established an American division, which was to take over production of the trading cards that when the last of Wizards' original contracts would run out was going to be September 30th, 2003. The two companies, however, did not get along. In 2002, two of Wizards' senior executives executives were lured away by Pokemon Company USA, along with several other high-ranking employees. While there was also bitter disputes over the release of the expansion sets, certain lines, and certain lines of the Pokemon cards, what should have been an easy transfer of power got even more complicated when the Pokemon Company USA, the new branch that took those Wizards employees, hired them over, when the Pokemon Company's U.S. cards began hitting shelves in September 2003, right alongside the license to Wizards of the Coast, which technically still had held rights to the property. So remember, the contract ended September 30th, and here Pokemon USA was making the same set adjacent to Wizards of the Coast after taking several higher Wizards employees. And this is where it gets uh, into the, the, the files and stuff. So on October 1st, 2003, Wizards of the Coast filed suit against Nintendo claiming the Pokemon Company USA preemptive sales of cards constituted a breach of their agreement. It also accused Pokemon USA of using Wizards' quote-unquote patented methods and technology to manufacture their versions of cards and that the enticing of several key former Wizards employees meant Pokemon USA could use quote-unquote, Wizards proprietary information to solicit to solicit Wizards distributor vendors and customers. So this is just a long way of saying Pokemon was planning, er, allegedly, Pokemon got all these Wizards employees over. The Wizards employee were talking about trade secrets, how cards got printed, what they were using, production quality and stuff like that. And Pokemon was just like, okay, this is in the U.S. This is what we're going to do to be making Pokemon cards. Well, at least Pokemon cards don't fucking foil. Or, uh, Pringle. Pringle. There you go. I was going to say curl, but then it's like foil, curl, blah, blah, but... Quote, Pokemon USA used the intervening period to undermine its relationship with Wizards. The suit itself states, deprive Wizards of the benefit of its bargain and take its intellectual property, all to gain competitive advantage over long t- over its longtime partner. The case made it to the courts, and in December of 2003, all parties involved announced that they've reached a resolution, while the terms of the agreement never publicly were released, given the, the severity of the accusations leveled against Nintendo and the swiftness which it was settled, it's not insane to speculate that Wizards of the Coast were paid handsomely for their troubles and were sent on their way. So, 
the set in question that kind of brought this downfall was the e-reader set Skyfall, Sky Raiders. And uh, to, to all those in uh, to, that want me to be remembered, the e-reader cards had barcodes on the bottom and the left side of these Pokemon cards that you could swipe with a Game Boy Advance accessory you'd plug into the game and you'd get certain things in Pokemon uh, Ruby and Sapphire, it was, Pokemon Coliseum. It was Pokemon's version of Digimon. It, it's a way it was to like their way of playing Digimon. Have physical property that would then uh, transfer over to like digital and stuff. So that way, it's like you sell the e-reader, you sell the cards, you get different things. And it was ranged from. It, it was all based on the time of Ruby and Sapphire, and that Digimon. was the big set. Two things when it comes to the construct, uh, the the printing of these barcodes. Apparently, it had a higher demand or a higher price to print these cards because of having individual barcodes for these cards and pokemon required wizards to have these barcodes on cards and uh, the the i guess maybe the alleged conspiracy here is pokemon with the intent of cutting out the middleman wizards of the coast for making uh, printing their cards in the united states wanted to look to cut them off by making the production cost higher than what wizards of the coast would be profiting from and then would not want to reestablish their contract and because doing this and wizard uh, stepping on wizards toes quote-unquote toes and stuff here it 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 fell into what pokemon wanted of cutting off wizards of the coast of making pokemon cards to have pokemon usa be making all the pokemon cards and stuff again all allegedly all this shit because it was never confirmed because it was all settled out of court. Weren't those cards in uh, McDonald's card McDonald's toys? I think they had some in there, but there was a whole there were whole sets of yeah. just the e readers. But yeah, that, that was like when those first started. That was like the whole Pokemon crate because obviously it was what ninety ninety nine so is when the cards got made. Hasbro bought Wizards in ninety nine. 97 or 96. I just looked it up. It was 99. It was 99 when yes. Hasbro bought? Okay. So con- confirmed. Hasbro bought Wizards in 99. So Hasbro bought Wizards knowing that Wizards of the Coast was making Pokemon cards for... No, no, no. They were, they, that they bought them knowing that they were going to be making deal with Pokemon probably. Yep. When was the order of them buying and when was the order of... Reminder here for everybody listening. This was something that just came to me last night. I haven't had a lot of inf- a lot of time to like delve into this, but I still thought it was interesting enough. My phone's not charging because your cord sucks, so I, w- I would I don't know what's wrong with the cord, but uh, I would look, but it's gonna die pretty soon. But yeah, just want to note that. Anyway, what are you saying? So Hasbro bought Wizards in '99, yep. and in that time, Pokemon uh, Nintendo and Pokemon Japan were working on a deal to be making cards at that time. So it's interesting to know. Probably Hasbro saw that that deal that Wizards was doing. Depending on how the timeline is, they saw that and they're like, "Oh, this is a good acquisition and stuff right now." But uh, Pokemon uh, made a deal with Wizards. Wanted to back out on it without like having a breach of contract, uh, a, a certain level of breach of contract. They they just backdoor their their agreement, right? It, by, to make it harder for their employee to work, so they just quit rather than making them pay unemployment. 
yeah, however that stuff works. But I thought it was very interesting. I will link, link this article down below because even the uh, the Business Insider articles that are linked inside this Otaku article are very interesting to read. Well, day. Damn, indeed. Yeah, it's nine o'clock. Looks like Matt has something to say. I was going to say, I know we, within within the three of us, we've talked about this and we've gotten things a little bit better now as far as planned out. Should we uh, Should we tease it? I'd be fine with teasing it. I'm going to be talking to Josh this week about it. Well, cool. Uh, you want me to tease it? You tease it? Both of us tease it? All three of us tease it? All three of us. Perfect. Danny, nose goes doesn't work here. Nose goes works everywhere. <laughs> All right. So you've maybe been hearing us talk about something we've had in the works. We're, we're going to shift back to actual names. So that way, actual people are getting the credit. Hello. Welcome to This Weekend MTG. Shut I'm, up, Matt. I'm Matt. That's Danny. Fuck off. There's I'm back Dan. to being Garrett. All right. So Matt had this great idea um, of wanting to do an event for This Week in MTG, and we're calling it This Summer in MTG, and he wanted to co-op and do something good. So here you go, three schmucks with the, microphones. The blue player is doing something good. <laughs> three schmucks we're with so microphones. We're so proud of you. Thank you. Wanting to do something good, um, and a lot of this, I would say, stems from us being dads and family yeah, being sense. very important to all three of us. And also being broke college students at one point yep there's that too uh so this is going to be an event that benefits magic kids um and for those of you who don't know magic kids is a a group that they put together packs and everything and their whole idea is the fact that they want to teach give good things to be taught to kids and they want to use magic to do it so reading math uh, social interactions, understanding rules, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that comes with playing magic. They truly believe that magic is a good medium for stuff like that. And then here's another fun history lesson for those of you who don't know. That's actually Magic the Gathering started off being an education tool. Like that was the whole purpose. Like promoting reading, promoting math, that kind of thing. Very math sim- is for blockers. Very simplistic <laughs> versions of both of those things, being able to read cards efficiently and all that, and interpret, comprehend you know, comprehend it, yeah. all that. So we're doing an event. Matt, why don't you give us some details for the event? Okay, so details for the event as of right now. We are planning to do uh, donate $1,000 and aiming for, was it a million cards? I think we're going a million. We're going a million cards. And we, we picked the million cards mainly looking at mine and Danny's stuff that I was sorting through. So you guys have been seeing all the stuff about me sorting through Danny and mine's collection. Yep. Um, that was part of the reason is kind of going through picking up like commander staples um, that we would use, um, but then making sure that the rest of the cards went to a good source. So mm-hmm. we have seven full five row boxes. So for those of you not understanding, that is 35,000 cards. 35,000 cards. So I feel like there are people that have that sort of stuff just sitting around by themselves and don't know what to do with it. Yep. So there we go. So yeah, our goal is to collect $1,000, all 100% getting donated to Magic Kids. And a million cards that uh, donations will be received at uh, J-Dubs for where this event is going to be holded, held, and... Hold it. Hold yeah, it. we're going to hold it Hold it in this, this, this competition at J-Dubs. So there's donations. There's also going to be a big <laughs> event that hopefully will entice people to come in uh, as well. We're yep. going to be doing a 
double masters 2022 two-headed giant draft where entry is a price to pay or is it draft or is it sealed 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 i was gonna say a two-headed giant draft would be kind of crazy and time consuming it would okay it's sealed thank you for correcting me on that and uh uh you can bring cards donated in mm-hmm. to help reduce the cost of that, and uh, you can enter in that way. Again, uh, price, money, all money proceeds will be going to Magic, Magic Kids. Kids. Cards will be going to Magic Kids. You enter in. We're going to have uh, prizes as well that are getting donated by a few stores. J-Dubs, our sponsor, is uh, going to be donating some stuff. Uh, details on that is still waiting to come. We have Paradox that is going to be uh, participating in this as well, and Ultima Gaming. There's a few others I am waiting to hear from back yep. from now, and we'll keep you up to date as mm-hmm. stuff like that evolves. But right now, the current date is going to be either, uh, pending on Josh talking right now, is going to be the 9th or the 16th of July. Bitchin'. So... This is just a tease. This is a there'll, tease. There'll be more. It'll be official later this week. When you see us post about the event, that will have all the official stuff as we have it at that time. Yes. Because, like Matt said, maybe we have some more prizes coming in that we aren't aware of yet. So, uh, so there's going to be Oathbreak, Oathbreaker pods that are going to be going on as well. Oathbreaker is the format of magic that Weird Kids, Magic Kids had created where you have a planeswalker as your commander and you have a signature spell that goes along with that commander they're 60 card decks they're a little fast format but it very much feels like commander as you're playing it with a little extra flavor follows the same reserve list uh one thing of note soul ring is banned in (laughs) oathbreaker yep but yeah we're just uh teasing this before the official release later this week benefit for you being a listener and and or a Patreon. That too. Yep, or a Twitch follower if you're on Twitch. There we go. There's going to be, yeah, there's um, going to be free Oathbreaker decks that are going to be given away. And as of right now, it's playmats, cards, decks, and all that stuff. We'll, have, we'll have official details as, as they are presented. Yes. So. I was going to say, and if you are a listener to this podcast and you are Anywhere between Fargo and Rochester, Minnesota, let us know. So, or let your store know and ask them to contact us so they can be a depot for donations. Yeah, yep. that's another thing that we're working on is having uh, different different stores collect donations as well, and then yep, it'll all get uh, donated to Magic Kids. Hell yeah! Because everybody has extra cards that they're not going to use. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yep. Yep, like some of us do. Thirty-five thousand dollars, or thirty-five thousand cards worth. So it's probably worth roughly forty thousand dollars, and just our thirty-five thousand coin or cards. No, no. if you're going to be counting cardboard stock, I think like the bulk rate is like each card is a penny. Is it? Yep. I was just thinking like twenty cents. So what would that be like? Three hundred bucks. Yeah, three fifty. Three fifty. Three fifty. And that's just going off the. Yeah, that's That's just going off the penny. Yeah. But either way, yeah. So there you go. There's your tease. We'll have more coming soon. Yeah. But uh, back to you are the original Matt, so you know the ending a little bit better than I do by heart, and I close my computer. Thank you. You, you had all, yours up. 
Thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 141, one for one, of This Week in MTG. We are the one for one podcast. We give you one bit of information for every one. Four tangents. You, oh, no, that'd be a. Uh, it's one bit of information one for, for every four tangents. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be a that'd four that'd for be, one. Yeah, that's a four for one. That's a four for one. Don't worry. In a hundred and uh, a hundred episodes, hundred and two, hundred and one, hundred and one episodes. <laughs> Because it's going to be a two for two. Oh, a two for one. A hundred and... Oh my God. We're going to have a two for one. So 99 nice. episodes. We're going to have a two for one episode. Nice. It's going to be a little cleaner, maybe. We'll see how Probably well our, not. our podcasting skills get at that point. A two, for, a two for one would be like a three hour podcast. A hundred episodes is like two years. <laughs> under two years, but yeah. Over two years. Be under two years. So yeah, it is under two years. My math is off. I went to my gnome and back off. God damn it. So thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode one forty one. You're all truly badass motherfuckers for making it to the end of this. If you want to uh No, I'm not at that point. Uh thank you to our patrons. <laughs> you said I remembered this and here I am not remembering. You have it uh, pulled up. You had this written down. God damn it, For Christ's sake. Why, why did you do this? You're talking to yourself at this point. We're still at original names. He does thank, you to our pa- to himself. thank you to our Patreons for supporting this content and thinking that it is worth supporting. Uh, you made it to the end of this, and you'll see why they are support. They're, they choose to support this for some unknown reason. Big thank you to JW Sports Cards and Gaming for sponsoring us and for, and not potentially, for uh, hosting our upcoming events for Magic Kids stuff Woo! yeah so keep on uh, keeping your ear to the ground for that and now if you've got anything else you want to add to the end of this episode thanks for sticking through all the confusion of name changes we like to keep this entertaining this week in dementia who yeah. are you and with that no magic idea. folk we'll catch you next time see ya bye Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! Mitch taken care of. Garrett has thrown him. I am going to take these VIP packs myself.